0: You don't want to be conservative when you're looking to buy deals when the market's not doing very well. You want to always be conservative.
1: Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best Ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going.
0: Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series where we focus on the how-tos of apartment syndications. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. And today, we're going to go back to cover some of my favorite presentations at the best ever conference 2020 so a few weeks ago we covered one speaker today we're going to cover the second speaker today we'll be talking about jillian hellman of realty mogul realty mogul has purchased over 2.8 billion dollars in real estate not sure if that's how much they have under management currently or total but regardless a massive portfolio And during her presentation, she provided tips on things she learned managing such a large portfolio during COVID. So these lessons really apply to any economic recession. Most of them apply to any economic recession. The examples obviously are pretty COVID specific, but the theme you'll notice from a lot of these tips is that about half of this stuff is done before an economic recession even happens. And that's kind of a theme that I've learned from interviewing hundreds of people on this show, is that the people who are successful or, at the very least, maintain their business during economic recessions are the people, which kind of brings us into lesson number one from Jillian, played defense before... The economic crisis even occurred rather than once it actually occurred. So, making the proper preparations before an economic crisis occurs is really the most important takeaway that she had and that I've personally gotten as well from, as I mentioned, interviewing people on this show. And the single most important defensive tactic thing you can do to prepare is to make sure that you're underwriting conservative. So again, this lesson is play defense before an economic crisis, not during. So you don't want to only be conservative during economic crises or during recessions. You don't want to be conservative when you're looking to buy deals when the market's not doing very well. You want to always be conservative. And if you find a deal, no matter what time of this market cycle we're in, and it doesn't meet your investment criteria, don't adjust the numbers to make it work it seems simple but it's not that easy to follow in practice for example don't make aggressive revenue growth assumptions based on historical trends right five-year average rent growth or the five-year projected rent growth because some of these markets were growing five ten percent in rent every single year and so if you bought a deal say in 2019 assume that rents would continue to grow by 5%, 10% for the next five years, and you underwrote that entire deal and base your purchase price on that rent growth assumption, well, since rents actually dropped by about 0.1% a year into the pandemic, they dropped 0.1% or increased 0.1%. Anyway, basically no rent growth at all. Well, that deal is probably not doing very well. Whereas if you made a conservative rent growth assumption of, say, 2%, that even if rent didn't grow, you're in a much better spot than you were if you assume rent would grow by even more. Similarly, cap rate assumptions. We talk about this on the show a lot, making sure that you're not assuming the market is better at sale than at purchase. Because again, if that doesn't happen, you're in a bad spot. So those just kind of a main examples of what ways you can do aggressive underwriting. We'll go over a couple other ones a little bit later on. But the whole point here is that be conservative with your investments during times of economic expansion. That way you are able to maintain or still do well during recessions. Two other defensive tactics you talked about property management company. We've got plenty of episodes on how to find property management companies, information I wanted to bring them in-house. I'm not going to talk about that one too much.
1: We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting, go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever, and remember to mention the Best Ever podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever.
0: The second one's interesting. Making sure that you're having open conversations with your lenders during a period of economic expansion. Don't only communicate with them when you need to get a loan, right? Think of ways to stay in contact with them, stay top of mind with them, as well as make sure that you set expectations for what happens when a recession happens. That way, when a recession does happen, you're able to still get loans. You're still able to get them to answer the phone if you need to, say, delay a payment or something, right? You wanna have them on your side before the crisis occurs because then once a recession happens, everyone's calling their lender. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is also her lesson from 2019, which is the conference presentation 2019, which is that the pro forma is always wrong. So when I did the underwriting series, we talked about how you don't want to trust the listing brokers pro forma. You can use it as a guide, but ultimately you want your underwriting assumptions to come from the actual T12, the actual rent roll, and then conversations you have with your management company determine exactly how the property will operate. Not exactly, but assumptions on how the property will operate after acquisitions. So obviously that pro forma is always wrong. But what Julian is saying is that your pro forma is also always going to be wrong. So you underwrite your deal and you're really making the pretty high level assumptions on your pro forma, on your income and expense statement. And then once you've actually gotten the property under contract and you're doing your due diligence, then you can confirm some of your assumptions, you can adjust some of your assumptions, but there's always going to be unknowns, which means that your pro forma is never going to be 100% accurate. So in order to account for the fact that it's not going to be accurate, then you need to have some buffer room. So she gives four examples of ways That you can, again, prepare yourself for the pro forma not being right. If the pro forma is right or performs better, then you're fine. You're actually going to exceed your projections. But if your pro forma is incorrect in the wrong direction, then you want to make sure you have these buffers in place. So the first one, we've talked about this, having a contingency budget. Jillian recommends 10%. We've talked about 15% in the past, so 10 to 15% is a solid number. So for example, if you expect to invest about $10,000 per unit in the renovations, then you want to also include a contingency budget of at least $1,000. And so assume it's going to cost $11,000 per unit. Have that $1,000 buffer. Because at the end of the day, if you don't use that money, it's not like it disappears. It's not like you no longer have access to that money that you raised. Second is to scale back the number of units you expect to renovate and lease. It's a big one during the pandemic. And she'll talk about this in a little bit. One of the things that they did was stop doing renovations. If you assume that you're going to renovate 20 units a month, well, what happens if a recession hits? You mean, right, zero per month or five per month or 10 per month. The demand for those goes down or you want to shore up your cash reserves. Well, you assumed that you would renovate units faster, which means that your income would increase faster, which means your returns would increase faster. And since that's not the case now, and you had a super fast timeline, you might not be able to hit your returns. And so she didn't give any specifics on this, but my advice would be to stick to a timeline that your property management company and whoever's doing the renovations. So if your property management company has dozen renovations and make sure that they are in agreement with that timeline and maybe make it a little bit longer too. So a six to 12 month timeline where you're doing 20, 25 units a month. Probably isn't the best idea. Probably under 10 is more realistic. Third is going to be, and I kind of talked about this earlier, is assuming an exit cap rate that is 1% greater than the cap rate at purchase. So this means that you're assuming the market is worse at sale than at buy. So 1% is pretty high. We usually recommend 0.1% per year, but still 1% is a really solid conservative assumption. And the deal still makes sense if the cap rate goes up by 1%, then it's a really good deal. And the fourth thing that you're going to want to do is make sure you're doing sensitivity analysis. So when you do a sensitivity analysis, you'll vary certain metrics on your underwriting model and see how it affects the returns. So the two factors that Jillian talked about was vacancy and bad debt. So all else being equal, If a vacancy goes up by 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%, 5% or more, or it goes down by a similar number, how does that affect the overall returns to investors? Same with bad debt. Bad debt goes way up because you've got a lot of skips and evictions during a recession. How does that impact your return? So 2% bad debt, 3%, 4%, 5% bad debt. It's a function on Excel that you can do, and you can do this for really any data points you want, cap rates rental premiums right so kind of just pick a few of these metrics that are impacted by recessions and then shoot them up really high and see how that impacts your returns something that is common now is base case and then an upside and then a downside case so three different cases with three different metrics saying hey here's what we think is going to happen but here's what we want to have happen it's definitely possible to have happen but also here's something else that we wouldn't want to have happen that's also possible to happen and here's how the returns would be affected So those first two lessons are the longest ones, and they are the ones that are done before a recession happens. So once the recession hits, you really can't do any of those things. You can't change your underwriting or your pro forma. All you can really do is take a look at these next four lessons. So lesson number three, once a recession does hit, is take a breath and be deliberate. So even if you've done a bunch of preparations, a recession, it still might be a stressful experience. So it's very important to relax and then when you relax also use that energy to rather than stress out to focus on what your priorities need to be. And then obviously once you know what those are focus on those. So Jillian said that for her properties obviously the health and the safety of the residents and her team were important but on the operational side keeping up occupancy and shoring up cash reserves were her two main priorities. So they came together and determined what they need to do in order to make sure that they could focus on these two priorities. The occupancy stayed up and they could serve up their cash reserves. And so they stopped renovating units. They stopped increasing rents and they stopped all non-essential repairs to accomplish those two tasks. So not spending money on renovations or the repairs, serve up cash reserves, not increasing the rents in order to attract more people to the property. So, Calm down when these things hit, and then make sure you're figuring out exactly what you need to do in order to, in this case, keep your occupancy up, make sure you have cash reserves. Lesson number four is don't be afraid to innovate. Don't be afraid to make changes. Whenever really any economic crisis or recession occurs, you're most likely gonna need to make some quick adjustments and quick changes to your asset management strategies, and your acquisition strategies, the type of properties you buy. And the faster you can make these changes, the better off you're going to be. More specifically to this most recent COVID pandemic-induced recession, a lot of the changes and innovations surrounded the way that units were shown. So a lot of people began ramping up their virtual tours, their self-guided tours. And I think last week I actually did an episode on some ways to use technology and multifamily investing that are currently being used and are kind of on the horizon. So I'm not going to focus on this one too much, but the whole point here is that if you have an idea or see an idea that might help you overcome any operational challenges during the recession, don't be afraid to test that and see if it works. Which brings us into lesson number three, which is to do experiments and test the market. And so as you're innovating and making changes, make sure you're doing experiments to make sure that... Your innovation actually works rather than just doing it blindly and then not tracking its results. So, for example, Jillian started doing these virtual tours, realized that the conversion rate she was seeing was higher than the in-person tours she was doing with a leasing agent. And so now they're focusing, I'm not sure if say exclusively, but they double down on virtual tours, which obviously saves them money as well plus accomplishes the safety aspect of it too. And so don't be afraid to innovate is lesson number four, but make sure you're testing these innovations and then double downing on what works and then stopping what doesn't work. The last lesson Jillian learned was to be a stellar communicator. And we talk about this a lot on the show, right? When we're talking about, one really the main reason why people are gonna invest with you is because they trust you, right? And ways to create trust is through transparent communication is one of the ways. So making sure that you're, providing consistent updates on the deals, proactively addressing any issues with solutions. And so that's essentially exactly what Jillian said. This is something else too that you probably want to do leading up to recessions to like always be a good communicator, but it's not necessary 100% before because you might not have a lot of investors reaching out to you when things are going great, when you're hitting their distributions in the right amount and on time. They're happy, they might not be reaching out. However, even if your distributions aren't impacted by a recession, you're still able to hit the same frequency and amount. You're still most likely going to have more investors reaching out and feeling concerned about the recession. Or, no, what does this mean for the investment? I know I'm making the same distributions now, but what's your future expectations? Or if you do have to pull back on distributions, when's it going to go back to normal? Are you still going to buy a property? Do you plan on selling? Things like that. So obviously, again, before recessions, it makes sense to be, communicate, but it's even more important to do so during a recession. So consistent communication is going to be key here. So for Jillian, they transitioned from doing quarterly updates to monthly updates. And then in these updates, rather than kind of going over just the operations, they talked about any operational challenges that they had, like dips in occupancy or collections, and then specifically what steps they were taking to proactively address these operational challenges. And then also expressing their availability to their investors to answer any questions or concerns that they might have. So, in summary for that one, you want to be a stellar communicator just in general, but it's really, really important to do so during these economic recessions. And so, increasing the frequency of your communications, proactively addressing any issues that you have, already bringing solutions and already having those solutions in place, or at least in progress, and then letting them know that you're here if they need to talk. So, in summary, the six lessons that Jillian Hellman of Realty Mogul $2.8 billion worth of real estate learned during COVID was number one, make sure you're playing defense before an economic crisis, not during an economic crisis. Lesson number two, the pro forma is always wrong. Lesson number three, take a deep breath and deliberate. Lesson number four, don't be afraid to innovate. Lesson number five, do experiments and test the market. And lesson number six, be a stellar communicator. So that concludes this episode. We do have a lot of other blog posts related to COVID. We've got 25 as of this recording. So if you go to joefairless.com and go to our blog topics, you can go to that coronavirus category and take a look at some blog posts we have on this pandemic. We also have obviously all the other syndication school episodes we've done so far and all the free documents we've given away. Those are always available for free at syndicationschool.com. That ends this episode. Thanks for tuning in. As always, best ever listeners have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 17th through the 19th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced crowd and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies. You'll also be building relationships and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group of eight to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. You can get the lowest prices right now at BEC2022.com. That's BEC2022.com.